Hey, hey fans, welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 161. Yeah, we are. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kid this? I don't like the colour. Howdy, howdy, do who fans? Welcome to 161. Hope you've had a cracking week and that you've managed to do Summit Doctor Who related. Who related? <laughs> Some news, a bit of merch to get through. Mm, quite a nice bit of merch. Hmm. We're on to our review. Yes. The black cubes. Mm. Cubed. Cubed. That's what it was going to be called, wasn't it? Yeah, the working title. Cubed. Yeah, Mm. cubed. Glad they changed it, though. It's boring, isn't it? A little bit. Mm. It's kind of uh, self-indulgent, you know, talking about (laughs) black cubes. Let's call it cubed. Yeah. Yeah. It would be cool if they call it cubed and put a little three at the end, like in superscript. So, you know, like cube, cubed. No, because no, I know what you mean. Yeah, like squared. Like if you did a cube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that three? When you put something on, when you put a three at the end, does that make it cubed? I think it does. Oh, it's, I'm, it's I'm going to say yeah. yes, like I know, but I don't really. Like we know maths. <laughs> yeah, maths, maths was not my strong point. In fact, it, not many it, things at school it, were. It's got a three, Morty. It, it's got a three. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, hasn't got. I'm. I'm I'm not going to get hung up. I was going to Google it, but no. No, Gary's, you see, Gary's slipping into Rick and Morty because he's got a very cool Rick and Morty t-shirt on today. <laughs> I'm quite, kind of uh, jealous of it. I like it. Yeah, HMV, dude. Yeah, nice. I was in the Forbidden <laughs> Planet on Saturday. Yeah, what would you get? They only had two Rick and Morty uh, t-shirts in there. Really? They yeah. had loads last time I went in there. Yeah, when I, the last time I was in there was, I think it was last month. I think I had a work, when I was in the office for my day job, finished there. About 10 minutes away. I thought, that's awesome. Nip in there after work. And I'm sure I saw maybe four or five variations, maybe six uh, Rick and Morty t-shirts in there. Oh, do you know? You know obviously I was no going to say they Who, had... But... No, no Doctor No new Doctor Who. I was going to say, do you know, they had, um, <laughs> they had loads of Rick and Morty last time I went in, but on their website they had loads as well. But some of the models they've got are interesting choices. I don't know if you know <laughs> what I mean, but because there was like a, a yellow tee with all the... Uh, Morty faces on like a million Morty faces, mm-hmm. and then it's uh, it's modelled by an oldish portly guy with a great big long grey beard. beard. I don't know. Yes, seen I've, it I've like, seen it. Yeah, interesting, interesting. <laughs> who you can who they're sort of imagining buying that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I read you, mate. So, did you get anything in FP? No. Didn't you? Nothing in there. No, I mean the the who section is a little bit more because they did go through a, a phase of having 
literally hardly anything Doctor Who in there. The shelves were really, there was two shelves. I'm going back like two or three months probably. But mm. the, like, like at least one or two of the shelves were just completely bare. They managed like, to flesh it out a bit. Yeah, a little bit. And the, the Funko Pops were, you know, little, tiny little collection there. There's a few on their side and one of the boxes was dented and the yeah. shelves just looked a bit grubby. And they got this cabinet as well where they had all the original Titans uh, in there and some collectible mugs and little figures and stuff. And one of one of them had fallen over. And, you know, and it was all missing and bare. It just looked like it had no love. Like all the people that worked in there were all about Star Wars, all about, you know, all the other stuff. But Doctor Who got left by the wayside. But they have sort of redone it a little bit. They have put some new stock in there, but it's a shadow of its former. I remember going in there maybe two or three years ago. You and I have been in there Mm. and they've had a very good, well, they had a very good Who range in there. It was awesome, but... I, I remember, you, funny enough, you said about the Star Wars things, I remember when it was all along that back shelf. Yep. So you'd walk in, turn left, and that entire wall, uh, uh, sort of like along the window, was all Doctor Who stuff, which is now all Star Wars stuff, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, and then Doctor Who's kind of been put around the corner, but yeah, this is a bit a bit sad. We need a, we, I think we need a sort of re-energised collectibles launch. Mm. You know, mm. I think... A character have done a fairly decent job over the years, but I, I've got I get this feeling that the BBC just needs to give that license to another toy manufacturer. Well, I'm just going to say they've just yeah. had it renewed, haven't they? I know. Which is uh, I can only hope that means they've got some exciting plans in the works because they did do some good stuff. It's just in the last couple of years, it's mm-hmm. really pitted out like they did about 12 variations of that awful capaldi figure <laughs> didn't they yeah. and then they finally did two new capaldi figures which were quite good well a lot better than that original one but that's all they've really done and i think they did a few missy figures but nothing i feel like there's been a few missed opportunities actually i, I feel like i would have loved to tell a figure mm-hmm. um i would have liked to smile robot um what else is there there's been a few things that which would have made great figures but we just never got them. No, no. <laughs> you know, and so, I, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I, they've done some okay figures over the years and they've done, you know, some okay little box sets and stuff. It's not too bad, but, you know, I, I, maybe that's one of the things that has stopped me from getting into it because I feel like there's not enough decent quality across the board. Maybe that's a financial thing. I'm not sure. But, mm. um, but if you look at some of the, uh, I don't want to mention Star Wars too much, but, I know that they're a much bigger global powerhouse versus, you know, although Doctor Who is global and it's, you know, it is big. Star Wars is, you know, the king of merchandise. So if yeah. you look at some of their ranges, they've especially what's something called the Black Star Wars Black Series figures. I know. You know, yeah. they look very nice. You know, don't get me wrong. They're not amazing quality, but, you know, they just seem to nail the quality fairly more consistently than character mm. so i'd love to have seen a bbc just hand that license off to a different manufacturer and see what they did with it and just give it a good old proper relaunch and you know get it out there but alas we might see it though we may see it Maybe. with the new series yeah, yeah i saw a great interview with the i don't know what who he was actually some somebody who works at titans a uh, really right. fun guy actually um I guess he's like a manager or something. I don't know. But he was just saying how they were like, you're going to be doing some 13th Doctor Titan figures. Can we look forward to that? And he couldn't really say much. He's like, I've really got my hands tied here. But all I will say is we're really looking forward to doing some 
new stuff mm. and he was sort of nodding and you could tell he just wanted to say yes we've got loads planned but i can't yeah. tell you anything so that'll be quite interesting i think there will be a research mate because uh, there's going to be such a gap um between now and when jody actually hits the screens and i think that sometimes a break is good because it sort of builds the mm. appetite for it so i think yeah it's going to be a bit of a relaunch so hopefully that'll be reflected in the merch hopefully hopefully yeah, yeah. Uh, I also watched a bit of classic. Who watched Brain of Morbius the other day? Oh, did you? In a oh, mood for it, I mate. love that story. Love yeah. it. Yeah, you know, sometimes when you're looking around your your collection and you think, I just want to. I'm I'm feeling basic today. I just want to mm. play it safe. I just want something that I know that I love. That, you know, yeah. one of the stories that I can always rely on to, you know, get me in in the mood. And Morbius is one of those ones. So I thought, yes, yeah, I'd it. Stick old Morbius on there. I, the, whenever I think of that, I just think of Tom and Philip Maddock. So good in that story. Brilliant. Yeah, they are just yeah. It's like one, like you said, it's one of those you can just put on and and just really, even if you know it quite well. Like we both probably have watched that. I don't know how many times, but <laughs> I do. I just love those two in it. There are so many cracking little lines and stuff mm-hmm. from them. I always think of Tom with the water as well when he's like uh, he's, he's pouring the rain. He's like can you spare a glass of water? <laughs> yeah, you know, just things like that. Just lovely little moments. And of course, Mara. Oh, okay. <laughs> flame, the flame and all that it's weird i used to well i remember when i was a kid i used to find that so boring like i loved the brain of morbius but whenever it got to the scenes with mara and um what are they called the sisterhood. The sisterhood yeah i as a kid i uh obviously watching it on vhs um i used to get really bored of those scenes but now i really like them mm-hmm. I, I love you know especially when tom gets uh tied up and he's you know being all cheeky with um Mara, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah, and all that. It's a good story. Yeah, he's very cheeky in that one. He's very cheeky in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good old Tom. Yeah. I should hopefully be seeing Tom Baker next week. I'm going to the the Phantom thing in Chiswick. And oh he's, yes, he's going to be there. Um, and so so is Carol Ann Ford, and Karen I don't Ford. think she's yeah. well. I've not seen her do a Phantom before. She may well have done, but yeah, you little so, bugger. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. One of our listeners um, messaged me on Twitter the other day, in fact, and said, "You go, yeah, how are you? Are you going to any conventions recently? Mm. Oh, sorry, upcoming. And I said, well, there's this Phantom event in a couple of weeks. Um, and Tom's going to be there and Caroline Ford and some other people. So that sounds really good. I'll probably get along to that. As I was ch- chatting to him, went onto the website and they've sold out. Yeah, well, it's funny because they. I bought mine before Tom was announced because it's um, one of my friend's birthday uh, who goes, a chap called Paul. And he was like, um, well, you know, it's my birthday and it's a phantom event and we're going to go for a drink. So, you know, even if the guests aren't that good, we'll come along. And I said, yeah, this all sounds good. I said, I haven't been to one yeah. for, I haven't been to the last couple. So I saw Caroline Ford was announced. I was like, oh, well, that's great. Yeah, I've just, you know, because the tickets are £10 and you get a free print. I thought, can't go wrong. So I booked the ticket um, ages ago, literally when they first announced it or, or added Carol. I completely forgot all about it and then of course i was reminded because they suddenly added tom baker and it was all over twitter and i was like oh brilliant you know and that's cool but of course as soon as they announced tom it sold out straight away yeah bonnie langford's there as well bonnie's John, there John yeah Leeson. uh who else is there oh there's a few yeah it's quite a few classic and the art card you get is quite nice as well it's the five doctors one yeah, isn't it yeah. yeah so yeah it should be pretty cool yes i'm gutted about that because i don't think i'm going to another convention now until probably next year after this one i don't <laughs> i kept saying i'm not doing any more this year because i'm still paying for blooming london film and comic <laughs> i kept saying i'm not doing any more but I, yeah. I i i think with the chizzy ones because they are you know i think they're reasonably priced aren't they the tickets it's such a small quiet little venue it's good value uh, 
Yeah. yeah, it's obviously you've still got to get the train fare and stuff up there. But yes, I'm quite looking forward to that next week. Thing is, I have met Tom a few times. Like my other half was like, "Well, you're not going to get another autograph, are you? Because they're not cheap, are they?" I think Tom's twenty five for the auto, thirty pounds for that's the it. photo. So yeah. that's fifty five for your two. And he's like, "You've already got them." I was like, "I know, but it's Tom Baker." <laughs> I just <laughs> so I, at one point because you know obviously just been on holiday, so I was thinking, no, got to be good. I really shouldn't. I'll just go and soak up the atmosphere, get Caroline's um, autograph, and that'll be it. But I know full well when I get there, I'll I'll give in. I won't be able to resist meeting tom again i never can you're too easy mate. it's tom baker yeah it's tom it's like any of the doctors really i mean how many times have have i met sylvester and you've met him a few times as well and it's just if the doctor's there you just feel like i've got to meet him you know yeah i must admit that that's the reason why i got sylvester's autograph at the um at the london film and comic con a few months yeah. back it was where he was sat there was there was massive queues either side of him. Do you remember? I know. Like yeah, literally massive queues, and there was not one person for him. So he was in the middle, just on his tod, having a look about. And I thought, I can't have this. No, I can't have this. So I bowled, bowled as brass up the middle. <laughs> Silv, <laughs> sign that, will you? <laughs> he was I happy as Larry. Yeah. I think he's going to. <laughs> I think he's almost reached the Colin Baker period, where that most fans have got like you know, a few, three or four autographs mm-hmm. from him already. Cause it's a bit like Colin. I've met Colin so many times over the years. So now when I see him, I'm kind of like, oh, I've already got like eight or nine. Or, I don't yeah. need to meet you yeah. again. Whereas Tom, I have met him a few times over the years, but you know, I haven't sort not as many as Colin, for example, or, you know, and Sylvester's now doing quite a lot of conventions now that the Hobbit's finished. So yeah. So sometimes I kind of look at those and think, well, I have, actually met you quite a few times but yeah. i don't know i don't know uncle tom is is normally good value as well because yes. he does tend to chat a lot doesn't he yes. i mean that's the thing with tom he will not be rushed so you know you're going to be in that queue for quite some time because he likes to tell stories and chat with you and that's all brilliant mm-hmm. um but uh, you've got to be prepared to wait to meet him because he's yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice though it's so much better than like you know just a sort of grunt and a there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he's still got Pretty that long. kind of um that, that cool sort of vibe about him hasn't he he's still got that yeah bit eccentric bit. yeah he's got the big yeah. boomy voice as well hasn't he he's still oh, got the voice yes yes you know i really think you might that's he's, it yeah. he's got the big kind of yeah i'd, I'd love to go there and, and meet because i hate sounding so morbid i hate it but you don't know how long they're going to be with us oh they no, are, don't say that they are cracking on a bit now especially tom and and colin um, you know, so you've got, to, I see what you mean though. You, although you've met him a lots of times and you've got his autograph, it's still, it's still Tom. It's still Tom. Yeah. yeah. I will, will have to. And I will be wearing my scarf because Peter Davidson's not there. So he won't be, oh, you know, course. won't need yeah. to worry about annoying him if I wear my yeah. fourth scarf. You won't get a backhander off Davidson if you. <laughs> Davidson, yeah. <laughs> he's the doctor I really want to meet there because actually he's the one I've met the least. Hmm. And I really like Davidson's doctor. Yeah. Um, and he is the one, but he never does anything in, well, he rarely does anything around in London and, and such like. So he's, he's the sort of more elusive one, isn't he? He is. Yeah. You have yeah, to travel a little well, bit if you want to. Yeah. I was going to yep. say, I know he does a lot of conventions, but they never seem to be ones that I can get to yeah. that easily if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Not much else from me, but I've been setting up the blog stuff. We've got our writers who yes. are starting to uh, get their first articles together now, which is good. So getting those guys set up. Um, so you should be seeing... Uh, stuff from those guys very soon um next week in fact from next monday 
Awesome. You should be seeing some stuff. So that's me. What have you been up to? You've been you've been travelling again, haven't you? I off. have been travelling. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm running on adrenaline today actually because I got back about one o'clock in the morning last night. Yeah, I went to Valencia where they filmed um, Smile, the Peter Capaldi episode. Cool. cool. Um, I've never been before. I don't know. Have you been? No, no. Because I think it's been in a few films, so I'm told. But obviously, I was only interested in the Doc Two stuff. Um, yeah, no, it's a really cool place, mate. It does look like something out of the future. When I when I got there, I was just I was a bit like, wow, this is totally what I imagined. It didn't, it wasn't a letdown at all. And I did a bit of location filming and stuff. So mm-hmm. there'll be a video at some point when I can get around to edit, editing it. But no, it was really good, mate. I I enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah, it's very futuristic. I mean, it's it's weird because I I now. I meant to watch the episode before I went, <laughs> but like anything, I thought I had ages till I was going on a holiday and suddenly it's the night before and I'm packing clothes. And so I didn't. And I, and I now want to watch the episode to see, you know, all the bits. Cause I think I've managed to go mm-hmm. around all the locations, but I, even when you're there, there's about three buildings, which I think in the program, they sort of all used all three, but made them look like one mm-hmm. big. And I was trying to work out exactly where it was they filmed. And the main bit that I worked out we couldn't get in. It was oh. so frustrating. <laughs> it was like, because there's this big glass dome. And I was like, ah, now there's those big doors. There's that dome. That's where Bill met the Emoji robot. Let's go in there. And apparently it was a IMAX cinema. So I was like, that's cool. So we should be able to get in. Oh, no. All barricaded <laughs> off because the cinema's underneath it. <laughs> so you go oh, down. Right. You can get to the cinema underneath. But the top bit's used for like conferences and weddings and stuff. So you can't get in it. And you, you, so I was sort of on the outside of it, just like, you know, in touching distance, but couldn't <laughs> get in. So you can imagine I was doing my nut. But but no, it's a cool place, mate. I just went and found a nice bar and sat there and soaked it all up. And nice. it was really cool. But um, yeah, I got back uh, late last night and um, there was one cool little thing waiting for me, which was um, the William Hartnell first Dr. Funko Pop. Oh, had cool. arrived, cool. which um, was quite a surprise because um, I thought it wasn't shipping until next week or wherever. I thought mm. it was the 20th. So I was quite surprised there was this box waiting for me. And uh, yeah, he looks brilliant, mate. He's really, because you know, sometimes they, the pictures they put up of the Funko Pops, they do tend to sort of touch them up a bit, don't they? Mm-hmm. To make them look very clean and precise. And sometimes when you get the figure, the paint apps aren't always that good, are they? <laughs> do you know what I mean? But he does look really good. I have to say he's really nice. And um, the only thing I was worried about is his walking stick obviously should just be pointing down towards yes. the ground. like yeah. But it was all bent and curled round. It was on the other side of his shoe. And I was like, no. oh, no. I was like, oh, no, is it like a dodge, you know, is the mold? So I had to take him out, and I was really worried I was going to snap it. <laughs> so I sort of bent it back behind his shoe where it should be, and it's fine. But, yeah, it did worry me for a bit because I just had visions of – because I was so tired last night. So I just had visions of breaking him within five minutes of opening him, if you know what I mean. But, no, he looks really cool. So uh, you've ordered him, haven't you? I have, but mine hasn't arrived yet. Did You, you got him from .com, though, or .co.uk? .com. Yeah, see, I, I gotta say, I got mine from the other one. <laughs> Do you know what? I so when I was ordering it from dot com, as I was ordering it, I thought in my head, I'm thinking I should order this from international. Yeah, something's well, I telling never me. Know. Yeah, something's telling me. But I thought, no, you know, I always give the dot com guys a chance. I always, you know, as much as we cuss them and moan and complain, I thought, well, you know, we'll give them a shot because you know, hopefully they should always be improving. But alas, no. Well, I, I must admit, I prefer to order from .com because you can cancel online. So, if you know, I can order anything from .com, but as, as long as it hasn't shipped or been charged, you can go in, cancel it, easy as pie. Right. As easy as pie. 
but with 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 Curl UK, you have to email them. It's a real faff. So to be honest with you, I normally use dot com <laughs> just because of that. Um, just because you know sometimes you sort of see it cheaper and you want to cancel on thinking, oh god, I can't be bothered to email. You know, it's a bit of a pain. Whereas <laughs> on the other one, you can just literally just press a button and it's done. So yeah, but no, just was a bit of luck really. I think I got it from them just because they got it first or they put it up for order first. So right, generous. But it arrived really quick, so I'm pretty glad I did. But yeah, he he should arrive soon he hasn't sold out either so it's not like you've got to worry you know that you won't get him if you know what i mean well i'm looking on the my order page right now for com yeah and the status just says awaiting stock awaiting stock yeah Hmm. i'm not happy about this no i but i don't know i think you'll i wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't arrive pretty quick because normally if one gets it the the other gets it at the same time because i already had an email from them to say you're First Doctor, Mr. Men figure. Oh, uh, I didn't order them yet. Yeah, the date has been put back already for those. So that's, oh, right. That's brilliant. And now this, mm. oh, in my head, I knew it. I knew it. I, I was thinking I should order this from, from UK International. But the thing is, you can guarantee it'd be a bit like lane swapping. You guarantee if you cancel him from one and order it from the other, it'll suddenly <laughs> come in stock. Oh, whatever, so, yeah. 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 Cool. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad you had a sweet time, buddy. Oh, I did. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, it's very good. Cool. And I'll just come back to that. Shall we land the TARDIS and do some news? Yes, I think we should. First up, just one bit of news. Pretty cool, though. Yeah, nice, isn't it, this? Seems to be popular this year. Mm. This thing. So auctions. Another auction is upon us. This time, uh, the signed Christmas script is up for auction. And I'm talking this year's Christmas script. So signed by loads of people, actually. Peter Capaldi, David Bradley, Mark Gatiss. Gattis. That's Gattis, isn't it? Yes, Mark Gattis. Um, looks like I would say that says Nicholas Briggs, but can't, is he in it? He's. I'm trying to work it. See, it looks like Nicholas Briggs oil, but I, it might not be because I don't think he's in it. It does look know. like it though. It does look like Nick Briggs, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so Capaldi, uh, Bradley, uh, some other people, um, and it's one of those um, what's known as a silent auction. Oh uh, yes. So <laughs> what that means is there's no... I've got visions of the silence doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Did I hear 20,000 at the back? <laughs> <laughs> so what that means is, unlike typical auctions where you can see the bids, you know, from different people sort of, you know, going up and up and up until the item's won, uh, you don't know what's going on with the silent one. So it's just, you know, you've got to be on the on the ball sort of thing. And it's already started. Uh, it's started on the 15th. However, there's loads of time left on this one. If you go over to, well, I'll put a link for it in the show notes, but if you go over to silentauctionpro.com, uh, you'll sh- you should see it on there, but i put the exact link in the show notes. The bid at the moment is £1,230. So already it's a little bit on the pricey side. Um, and the minimum bid is £50 on top of that. So it kicked off with you know, 50 quid and you can increment up by a tenner every time. So if you get outbid, you can minimum, you can 
bung in as a tenor. I'm talking like I'm going to do it, but obviously I haven't got. I'm thinking the same. I mean, I would love this. I think it would be a lovely thing to own. Um, and I really like the fact that Peter Capaldi always signs his autograph with Doctor question mark, yeah, as if cool. he doesn't know if he's the 12th or 13th and stuff. But no, it's a really nice thing to have. But um, yeah, I ain't, got, I ain't got no money. So I won't be bidding either. But whoever gets it is one lucky person. Yeah. And um, I think the I think the proceeds are going to charity. Um, William Shatner's Hollywood Charity Horse Show. What? Is that yeah. really? Shatner. <laughs> Apparently so, uh, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's certainly not what I was expecting. There we go. See, I'm worried now that that's Nicola, Nicholas Briggs' autograph because I don't want Daleks in the Christmas special. We've always got we've got enough going on <laughs> without Dalek. We don't want the moth throwing in everything. But it might not be Briggs' autograph, so let's not let's not assume. But um, talking of that, just very quickly, there has been rumours that Matt Smith's going to pop up in this year's special. I noticed. Now, yeah, where's about... that come from? We don't can't have any more, Stephen. Yeah, well, I was about to say, you, you know. You don't want Nick Briggs and Daleks in there, but I heard Matt Smith was going to put, I don't know how, you know. We'll be having Weeping Angels pop up soon and Wooden Cybermen as well. He's just going to throw the lot in, isn't he? Well, Briggs, he <laughs> has done the voice for Cybermen as well, hasn't he? So, true. It could be something else. Very true. But I think that is his signature. I've seen it before. Yeah, I, it does look like it. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler. Wow. Yeah, spoiler on that. So anyways, yeah. Signed Christmas special script. Mm. You got the money. Yes. Yeah. Right, our Dalek metal oh, friend. Bring him in. I expect he's missed me, hasn't he? While I've been away, has he missed me? Uh, no. I'm, I want to say yes, but I'd... it's hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah. Let's get him in. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. All right. Fine. No, I can't tell him that. Didn't even look at me. Didn't even acknowledge me. I can't say what. The answer to your question is no, he didn't miss you, but I can't tell <laughs> you the rest of what he said because oh, it's a family imagine. show. Yeah. I can imagine. Get out. Typical. Typical. First up, bit of merch. Let's talk about it. Oh, yes. Series 10 stuff. Yeah. A lot of controversy around these ones. A lot of controversy. Yeah? Yes. For two th- two reasons. I think I know one of them. Number one's the price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's going on? What is going on with the pricing on these? It's, it's silly. How much do you think I paid for Series 10 Doctor Who back in 2017? <laughs> How much do you think I paid? <laughs> this is going back to the days when they first released VHSs and they were like £200. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, well, it's got, it does feel like they're, kind of uh, overvaluing their own importance of of a blu-ray yeah. box set i mean so anyway series 10 we've got the pre-order details now it's all up there on amazon and everywhere else you can pre-order it's in three versions you've got the dvd box set yeah uh you've got the blu-ray box set and then you've got the special steelbook blu-ray which so, looks lovely which looks lovely yes yeah. so you've got three versions there so controversy number one is the price. Let's talk about the price. So the DVDs starts at 50 quid. Crikey. And that's come down as well. I mean, it was even more when it first went up. It's come down to 49.99, which is still yes. ridiculous. Yes. 
You've got the standard Blu-ray set, which is £51 at the moment on Amazon. <laughs> and then you've got the Steelbook box set, which is 65 quid. Now, as you might have known, we love Doctor Who. Mm. As you might have guessed, we like a bit of Doctor Who, don't we? Yeah, love it. But I'm not sure that I love it for 65 quid's worth of Steelbook. I've got to be honest with you. I mean, I've paid more than that for stuff before, and I've never had buyer's remorse, I don't think. But I think if I bought this for 65... Now, I'm I'm pretty confident, because we've had a, quite a few people tweet about this after I put a, some pictures out, and they said, I can't believe the price. You know, it's uh, it, it's just an abomination, mm. the, the price. And on one hand, you can agree. But I have said to everybody, look, it will probably come down because that's normally what happens with Amazon. When you get these popular releases, they it happens with video games as well. They bang the price up, yeah. and then as the weeks go by and closer to release, it normally falls down to what you would normally expect. So I would say for the DVDs, that should be around 30 quid-ish, 25, 30 quid. The standard Blu-ray, I would say, is normally 35, 30, yeah. 35, and then the Steelbook's normally an extra fiver or tenner on top of that. Um, however... It does look a bit worrying at the minute because when are these, when's the release date? 13th of November. Mm. So just under a month away. I'm hoping these are going to drop a bit more than this though, because I've dropped me, already. Me too, mate, because I, I love the look of the steelbook. I think it's it's beautiful. Is it the same, what's that artist called? Is it the same one that did the series nine? It is. It's a name yeah. I can't pronounce. Uh, yeah, she does loads. Uh, what's her name? Something Zhang. Zhang, yeah. Mm. got an x um, in there somewhere yes yeah, yeah. like i say it's a name i'm, I'm not even going to attempt because i'll get it wrong but yeah it's a beautiful steel book um and i i think you posted this as well and i agree with you i, I actually really like the cover of the standard it's wicked um yeah. blu-ray i think it looks lovely like a picture of capaldi and then you've got the tardis and pearl hanging out of it sort of in the middle of him it's a really nice composition and yeah it looks really good but i agree with you mate these prices are mad um i'm really hoping they come down but i can't help but think wasn't it series two steelbook that we kept saying oh it'll come down and it did but not anywhere near what we thought did well, it that's it's the thing yeah yeah that's the thing that's slightly worrying because it did do yeah. that with series one we pre-ordered it didn't we and i yeah. remember you saying to me they normally come down. It should be all right. And it did. It came down to, I can't remember what it was, how much we paid for the series one still, but I think it was 25 quid in the end. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it definitely came down for, it was well, 29. Did, yeah. Something it came like around that. to 30. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah, you're right. The series two, it dropped a little bit, but then it sort of stayed mm. on Amazon anyway, because we got it cheaper elsewhere, I believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it is a little bit worrying. So that's controversy number one. And also, I want to say about the covers for the standard Blu-ray. Um, I'm not overly thrilled with them using the star ratings from newspapers on the front. Oh, my goodness. I hadn't even noticed that. I, I, I've not. Please correct oh, me if I'm tacky. wrong. Yeah, that but, is tacky. Correct me. But I, we've not had that for a Doctor Who covers oh, before, have we? No. No. I, yeah, that's so weird. I hadn't even noticed. Yeah. So yeah. the thing is. The the mm-hmm. top review is the mirror. Oh, so a five star five stars from the mirror, five stars from Vulture, and I'm assuming Vulture is some online review thing. 
Never and then we've got four stars from the tele. Why would you put four stars on there from, on, from the Telegraph? <laughs> so that's the only you... what, Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Well, that's on the back. It's probably got the Sun and the Daily Express. <laughs> that's really weird. Do you know, I can't believe I hadn't even like clocked that. Yeah. I was probably just too taken in with the artwork. What a shame, because that does make it, it is tacky, isn't it? I mean, we don't need that. Like you said, why would you put four star on there? Yeah, it didn't quite, yeah, it didn't quite make five star with yeah. the Guardian, but well, you know, or the Telegraph, whatever it was. Well, that's what I mean. All of the, all mm. of the papers and online uh, review blogs like IGN and Collider and all those sorts of people, what they're basically saying is out of everybody that reviews TV, We've only got two five star ratings from the lot of you. Yeah. So I would I would have scrapped them completely because the artwork is beautiful. This really not with Capaldi and then you've got all the space scene. It's purple and blue and it's really really nice. Whoever did it, really really nice. And then it just gets ruined by these tacky five stars. I mean, you don't need to put that on there. Come on. It makes it look like a sort of promotional thing, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's really weird. I'm not gonna. I can't see it in the same way now. Yeah. So based on that, it's got to be the steelbook for me. I just hope it drops in price. Oh, definitely. So I'll have to keep an eye on that. Controversy number two is due to the timing of its release, there's going to be no Christmas special on this box set. Yeah. So no twice upon a time. That's obviously going to be either a second release where they'll do a Series 10 as a special edition like, you know, in nine months' time, and it will include the Christmas special. And you, you'll you be able to buy the Christmas special on its own, I would have thought, at some point. Yeah. So overall, it's not gone down well, I'll be honest. No, it's just, it, to be honest, it's, it's plain and simple. It's just greed. They they know exactly what they're doing, don't they? they know exactly what they're doing. Of course. Because they're, yep. they're, just, they're just milking it. Um, they are milking that cash cow. I mean, I just going back to the prices for a second as well. The thing is, it's like the Sharda Steelbook. Um, normally, mate, you know how I can't, you know how impatient I am. I have to pre-order stuff the second it comes out. You know what I'm like. I have not ordered Sharda Steelbook yet because of the price. And that is, that says something because I normally just, yeah, do it anyway it will come down <laughs> yeah. but it's the Sharda steelbook still 37 pounds something which yeah. i think is too much it is so yep. the prices are just they're silly and if somebody like me that's a, an obsessive buyer <laughs> isn't ordering them that's got to tell you something do you know what i mean they are just too <laughs> hot. adam is the yardstick for the Sharda steelbook now and i keep wanting to <laughs> order it but i'm not paying 40 odd quid for it Adam is the the yardstick for merchandise <laughs> ordering. I mean, if Adam's not, you know, I've got no willpower at all. Yeah, because it's funny because when cool stuff like this gets announced and up for pre order, normally yeah. Adam and myself will kind of tweet each other, won't we? Like and say, I, "Oh, did you order it?" And I'll be like, "Oh, I, I forgot to earlier. Thank you." Or I'll be like, yeah. "Have you ordered it yet?" He went, "Yep, an hour ago." So with things like this, like the the series box sets and the the you know, these cool things. Especially steelbooks. Yeah, we're normally sort of in there, like swimwear. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm exactly the same, mate. I've not pre-ordered Sharda yet or this Series 10 because, yeah, the the price is just not appealing enough. No, absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, however, um, the special features aren't too bad. 
what I suppose. We got? Yeah, so we've got um so we've got behind the scenes of the Doctor Mysterio Christmas special. Which of course is included, yeah. Which is included mm. in this one, ironically. <laughs> uh we've got a new kind of hero, which is a documentary about Doctor Mysterio again. Mm. We've got the binaural sound. Oh, that's quite interesting. Uh, for Knock Knock, the episode. Um, we've got Becoming the Companion, which is um, a kind of uh, vloggy type of documentary about Pearl Mackey. Uh, we've got Out of This World as Pearl Mackey steps aboard the TARDIS for a first adventure as Bill Potts. Uh, Ingrid Oliver, oh, that's cool. Oh. Uh, looks back at the debuts of other Doctor's recent companions. I've got something else called Who's There? We creep silently through the spooky adventure. As writer Mark Bartlett and director Bill Anderson reveal the secrets of how they make a truly scary episode of Doctor Who. Mm. Again, narrated by Ingrid Oliver. Uh, Rona Munro. So this is the, she wrote, um, what did she write? She wrote Face the Raven, didn't she? Or no, what did she write no. for the series? Um, what was it called? Eaters of Light. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So she was one of the last classic writers. She wrote Survival, didn't she? So she was, yeah. you know, back to write a new episode. So uh, we've got the finale falls behind the scenes of the series 10 finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the fan show. So Crystal and Ooh. Luke, uh, those guys who run the Doctor Who fan show, they're on there doing their kind of um, post catch up with writers and so on and talking general Who stuff. And then we've got something called Doctor Who, The Final Countdown. So it's an interview with Pearl Mackey and unseen footage from the concerts. Oh, I remember that. That might be quite cool. Yeah. And then we've got the usual audio commentaries, deleted scenes and stuff like that. So the special features are not too bad. They don't sound mm-hmm. too bad. Obviously, they're not jumping out as if, you know, they're not making me all of a sudden click the order button. But they're not too bad. No, there's a couple of bits in there that sound quite good. I noticed they've included the inside looks as well, which um, in a way I suppose is good, but it's also a shame because they were included on the parts one and part two. So, you know, it might have been quite nice to have kept them exclusive to that release because they're, they're only like three or four minute behind the scenes things for each episode. So, right, right. yeah, so, but they've included them on this. So I suppose it's good for, you know, people who want it all. Yeah. Mm. And mm. also if you are a fan of the um, the Blu-ray um, box sets for series 10 when they separated them parts one and two and when you put them together they make that cool picture um that artwork is on the inside of the steelbook which looks really nice yeah yeah, yeah. so mm. that's something i suppose no mention of any art cards so maybe they were exclusive to the parts one and part two doesn't, yeah probably doesn't say anything about art cards yeah. yeah 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 so there we go it's not thrilling everybody at the moment but at least they're here, I suppose. Yeah, it's good. That, like you said, I think last week we talked about the reveal of the cover. And I remember we were sort of saying, where is it then? And when we got it, we were like, ooh, it does look good. So, yeah, it's nice nice to get get some more information on it. But uh, get those prices down. Indeed. And uh, then we'll get them pre-ordered. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, what else has he got on his tray of goodies? Oh, a calendar. So Doctor Who calendars. So there's been quite a few, there is. actually, is this year, isn't it? Considering that merch is... Uh, tailing off we've had quite a few calendars and i have Mm. to say all the ones we've talked about thus far have been really nice and this one doesn't disappoint so it's uh stuart manning's retro visions calendar and basically stuart manning done these covers uh, i think did he start with the capaldi era 
Or did he start before that? Because I'm thinking of he started with Capaldi. It was, I think, yes. So they were sort yep. of poster-style covers that mm. he did. Um, and they were, I think you'll agree, really nice. Yeah. Really nice covers for each episode. They were done in a sort of retro style, hence the name of the calendar. So they're very sort of arty, but um, but they work. They're really and good, they do, yeah. Yeah, they are really good. And they're, they're releasing a calendar featuring 12 of the covers that he's done over Capaldi's era. So it's not all the covers, although I think you can buy them as posters or something. I'm not sure. But so it's a sort of selection of, um, of all the covers he's done on a 2018 calendar. Mm. And it's through the company who dares, who, who um, did the other calendar we talked about recently, didn't they? Yeah, did the, the old... uh, Andrew Skeletor. Oh, I can never say his name. Skeletta, Skilter calendar. That's who one. dares. Yep. Yeah. So this looks really nice. Um, again, I, I don't know. I've liked all the calendars we've spoke about. Um, and I don't know which one I'm going to go for yet because I do like them all. But yeah. this one does look good. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to go with the official one because they've got oh, a lot of inconsistencies no. and problems with that one. But I really <laughs> I liked the, the, yeah, the one that we mentioned one or two episodes ago that's got the old, really old Target style I know Carpers, exactly yeah. what you mean, yeah. But this one does look good still. Uh, it, some of these um, posters are very, very cool. Um, and if you go, if you go over to, uh, Adam says, who-dares.co.uk, uh, just jump up to the online shop link at the top uh, and you'll see it on the second row there. It's called Retro Visions. If you have a look, you will immediately recognise them. You'll be like, oh, yeah, those posters that, were, that came out. So they are very nice. They are they are very very cool but and it's again it's a standard price 10 pounds for pre-order good price isn't it yeah yeah Yeah, it's good so yeah we'll see but it's definitely a bit more choice available this year which is good for calendars Mm. yeah not forced to buy the official one if you don't want isn't it ironic that they actually out of all the calendars we spoke about the worst one by far is the official dot two calendar which is um littered with with errors and misquotes and it's yeah it's actually only worth getting just for to uh have it as a what would you call it an interesting piece of where it all went wrong <laughs> if you know yeah. what i mean it's it's yeah. interesting yeah. because it's just like well there's so many bits wrong with it um but yeah there is the other calendars are really good i i think i'm with you though mate out of all of them i i like that uh mm. calendar the retro the not the retro one what is it the Oh, I don't know. We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, and it was like like the old fashioned style of art of Doctor Who. Uh, through this, was it this company or someone else? I forget now, but that's the one I like best so far. Right. Yeah. The same one as you. Yeah. Cool. There we go. Another calendar. Yeah. Now, review time. Yes. Back to new Who. <laughs> Take that saying, new Who. I don't, yeah, I know a lot of people, I don't mind it actually, but a lot of people hate it. Spell N-U. N-U, yeah, it must be spelled N-U just to annoy those people that don't like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Modern Doctor Who. Yeah. What are we going to do this week, buddy? Well, uh, Matt Smith episode, um, interesting one, this one, The Power of Three. Every time we flew away with the Doctor, we'd just become part of his life. But he never stood still long enough to become part of ours. Except once. The year of the slow invasion. Haven't you seen them? Invasion of the very small cubes. Oh my god. I've recommended we treat this as a hostile incursion. There are soldiers all over my house and I'm in my pants. We don't know how they got here, what they're made of, or why they're here. Oh, 
What kind of a welcome do you call that? Our best hope now is each other. You're thinking of stopping, aren't you? You're Maury. The travelling is starting to feel like running away. <laughs> what do we do? Choose. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> they were pretty good, you know, the trailers for Series 7. They did sound very... Exciting. Exciting, mm. yeah. So the power of three was brought to us on the 22nd of September, 2012. It was written by our future showrunner, Mr. Chris Chibnall, old Chivers. Old Chivers, yeah. And it was directed by Douglas McKinnon. Mm. And the um, Rory and Amy are kind of in that transitional period where they've done a lot of running with the Doctor and adventures and so on. And now they're both of them are silently thinking, you know, maybe it's time to stop all this craziness with the Doctor and settle down and have quote-unquote normal lives. And the Doctor's having none of it. He can't sit still. He needs to keep moving forward, as you would expect, especially with Matt Smith's version of the Doctor. And uh, while this is sort of going on, these mysterious black cubes appear all over the planet and they just motionless. Nobody knows what's going, going on. And then all of a sudden they start opening and um, uh, doing bad things to people. Uh, so it's the start of a very, as the as Rory or somebody said, it is the start of a, a very slow invasion that lasts what feels like bloody ages mm. in the story. And it turns out it's from um, uh, the Shakri, the Shakri, the Shakri. I think you got. I, I, I think it's Shakri. Is it Shakri? Yeah, uh, yeah. So these guys are have essentially, you know, said, you know, whenever the human race does this, they do bad things and blah blah blah. So, you know, it's it's down. It's their thing that these cubes have arrived and so on. And we also have some unit stuff in there and hmm. um, and Rory's dad, which is very good. So the power of three. Hit me. Yeah, Power 3. Um, I quite like this one when it first aired, but found it a bit hollow, if you right. know what I mean. Um, and uh, I don't really go back and visit many of Matt Smith's stories unless we're doing them for the podcast, uh, particularly. I don't often reach for his era. There's just not many stories that grab me at all. Um, but watching this this morning, again, um, for the first time in quite a long time, I actually really quite enjoyed it. I actually really yeah. liked it. There is, I do find it a bit messy. It does seem to throw a lot of stuff in there. And there are bits where I'm thinking yeah, that's a bit filler. Like right. it's almost as if there's a bit where Amy Rory get taken off to have a meal at the Savoy. And there's <laughs> mentions of a Zygon ship parked underneath the Savoy. And I don't know, there's a lot of things where I was thinking, did it, what, what's that doing in there? It's as if it, they needed to fill five minutes, but, but at the end of the day, mate, yeah, I actually really did. Um, really did quite enjoy this one. I liked the humour in it. And I think you just mentioned Rory's dad. Um, and I really liked him in it. Uh, brought a lot of warmth to the episode, which is sometimes missing, I think, from um, from Matt Smith's era. So, yeah, for me, uh, not perfect, but very enjoyable, I thought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get on to more about things that are niggling me as we go through it. But overall, I quite liked it. Okay. What about you? Um, yeah, so I don't mind this one. Oh. I don't mind it. It's um, I feel like it tries unintentionally to be a bit RTD-y. 
Oh, definitely. I made that note as well. Did you? Yeah. Good. Yeah. With all the new stuff and yeah. Yeah. So it, I think it tries, whether that's intentional or not, I'm not sure, but it tries its best to have that co- sort of fun factor to it. And the, like you said, the humor's there and, and you've got some, you know, quirky little musical scenes and, you know, it does feel a little bit RTD, but for some reason I just can't get into the story enough. The story itself doesn't grip me. Uh, I, I think that's because it's one of those stories where it's essentially it's um, and you can see that it's written by Chibnall because anyone that's watched Broadchurch will know that he loves to build things up. Yeah, you know, it, he never ever reveals stuff. And the other things that he's he's written for TV is very very similar. He never goes straight in with the with the reveal of the enemy or who's you know he he likes to keep you guessing and you know and there's this big build up but for me it's one of those very common traps that doctor who falls into with that where unless you've got something amazing at the end mm. so that the build up is worth it then it just kind of and for me the this is the worst bit the the final third or the final quarter for me is is terrible for me mm. because we get introduced to these people, the Shakri, you know, when the doctor knows who they are, they haven't seen them or heard of them in, you know, you know, forever, it seems. And and I like the idea that they're kind of, uh, what is he? What pest control. Pest control, yeah. So, you know, they see the human race as, you know, this kind of, you know, intergalactic sort of pest, if you like, and they've mm. sent the cubes there to wipe out the human race. And I think, well, that is, sounds really menacing and quite, you know, but then it's all a case of ah, the sonic screwdriver has reversed the polarity. Yeah, you know, and everything's blown up, and now everything's fine. So the ending for me is terrible. It, I, I was so dis. When I, I watched this this morning, in fact, I left it right until the last minute because I thought, let me just watch it. You know, a few hours before we record, so it's fresh in my mind, and I can, you know. But I, I think I must have seen this. This is the third time I think I've seen this one. Mm. and yeah I, I every time i watch it i finish it thinking how disappointing was was that the, the first you know the, the three quarters of it i actually think there's some good stuff in there and i really like matt smith in this one love rory's dad i think he'd be a great companion yeah it's so good um but i find amy and rory very plain i know they're trying to be plain because they mm. have to have that almost overemphasized feel of, you know, being boring as it were, because they're you're not sure about traveling with a doctor anymore. They're going to do normal human day-to-day mundane things. So I, I get that's the, the, the kind of the point of it, but I find them quite flat really. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. It's not a terrible watch, but I just think because the buildup is pretty cool. And then the ending is so poor for me. I just always you know, walk away thinking, oh, that could have been awesome, that ending. But yeah, so that's my my view. I do, I mean, I do agree with you about the ending. That's what I was going to say about coming on to you later because the thing is with this, I love the concept. I, I mm-hmm. love the idea. It, it does feel original. We've got all these little black cubes, you know, what's going on with them. And I, I in a way, I like the way it takes its time because like you said, it, um, it makes people think, because obviously they're really worried about the cubes when they first arrive. And then 
you know, as I think would naturally happen over a year, people just treat them as everyday. They start using them as paperweights and, you know, stuff like that. So they're just an everyday thing. And some of them are so bored, they've thrown them in the bin. And <laughs> I think, yeah, that's quite realistic. And that's what you would do. They'd be exciting for like, ten, you know, yeah. for a yeah. few weeks, then you get bored. So like that, because then obviously when they do suddenly kick off, you're like, whoa, what's happening? <laughs> But yeah, I've got to agree with you. As much as I loved that concept, and I really liked, like, you know, the human stuff in this episode, especially the, you know, Brian's dad and everything was really great stuff. Um, but I've got to agree with you, mate. It's the last sort of probably ten minutes where the the actual resolution is is really poor, and it does really let down. I think what's up until that point a very enjoyable episode right i thought in my view anyway i just sort of thought you know i was really going along with it um and even though there is a lot of stuff thrown in there which probably wasn't needed i thought yeah i am you know i'm, I'm on board with this story but but i agree with you mate the ending is 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 a real letdown uh, especially the way that they just like you said literally just reverse it the blimmin sonic Matt and that Sonic, I mean, oh, you know, even now it still annoys me that Blimmin Sonic does everything. But, um, yeah, it is a frustrating conclusion to what I think is a really good build-up, you know, a really sort of um, interesting and different story. And it's good to see the Doctor, you know, I love the fact he's so restless (laughs) on Earth, you know, he just wants to just go off and do things. So I love all that stuff. Um, One thing I would probably disagree with you on is that I actually quite liked Amy and Rory in this okay. because um, I don't find them. They never come across as a particularly convincing couple to me. Like, you know, we had all the stuff with Amy fancying the doctor in series five and they sort of slowly phase that out. Don't they? A little bit never really goes away, but they slowly sort of, you know, cause at one point she's jumping all over the doctor and she in series five. And I hated all that just didn't need it. So, mm-hmm. By this point, obviously, it's nearly time for the Ponds to go. But I felt like they were finally feeling like a proper couple because I never really felt, never really believed in them as a couple. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas in yeah. this, there's a bit more oh, interaction yep. between them. Like, you know, when they're sort of, sort of, they don't need to say what they're thinking without both knowing that they're thinking the same thing. And there's there seems to be a bit more chemistry between Rory and Amy in this. So I quite liked them in it. But um, but I never really find them that convincing as a couple. I always sort of think, because of the way it's written, that Amy is always so bored, and mm-hmm. you know, you always feel sorry for Rory as if he's not really living up to Amy's expectations. But she sort of plods along with him anyway. It's that sort of thing. But I quite like them in this. I think they quite sort of spark off each other quite well, um, especially when yeah. Matt's sort of living with them and all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, I quite like them in it. No, I know what you mean in in terms of acting as a couple then yes that you know much you much more believable in this than yeah. most of the other episodes when they're in it together because amy she does have a touch of the rose about her at times where you know poor old rory does get sort of a bit of a a, a bum deal sometimes because oh definitely you know there are times a bit like rose with mickey you know there were some times when rose was all over the doctor yeah. And poor Mickey was just, you know, stood there looking on, thinking. <laughs> so you you did have that a little bit with Rory as well. Mm. Um, but in this, yeah, I do agree with you, actually. They are much more of a couple. And not and Amy's definitely not as enamoured with the Doctor in this one as she has been. She kind of, you know, they're there because it's cool. You know, there are times where, 
they say like, you know, are we going to do like normal lives? Are we going to have normal lives then? And they hear the TARDIS in the background and they sort of sit up excited and they're like, nah, not today. So you yeah. can tell that they've still got that, you know, it's really cool to go off an adventure with the Doctor, but they, mm. you know, but it's not Amy driving it on her own and Rory's just a follower. It's yeah. like the two of them, you know. So I get where, you, where you're coming from with that. I, I just found that the way that they came across, even like scenes where you'd thought that they would blow up and, you know, and give it, you know, a lot more. So when Brian gets uh, kidnapped in the hospital, um, Rory's just like, oh, dad, you know, when he starts skipping off down the, the corridor, mm. you'd think that he'd be like, you know, crazy and, you know, trying to get his yeah. dad and stuff. And um, yeah, so I just thought that maybe they they just played it a little bit tamer a little bit flatter than I, I would expect. but Yeah, I, I know what you mean. And I think um, looking on Wikipedia this morning, it was saying this was the last one they filmed or something. So because of right. the last one they recorded, so they, I don't know whether they're a bit subdued in the sense that they knew that this was, you know, the last thing they would film. Because apparently the scene where they go in the TARDIS with, with the Doctor at the end, that was the last uh, thing right. they filmed. And apparently right. they just shut the doors and all three of them were hugging, crying and, oh my God, you know, well, that's it. We've just filmed our last scene. And so, yeah, it might've been a bit of a slightly somber atmosphere on set okay. thinking, oh no, you know, although they would have already filmed their exit, it's a bit strange. They, you know, this is the last thing they filmed, I think. Yeah. And there is a night, there is a, a kind of somber undertone to Brian's um, sort of talk with the doctor because, yeah, you know, when th- th- they disappear, and it's been weeks and they come back and they've got different mm. clothes on. And Roy's daddy's, you know, he obviously as a concerned father, you know, he's like, you know, what happened to, has anyone that you've traveled with before? So, mm. uh, you can see what he's getting at. He's basically said is, you know, anyone died that's traveled before and the doctor does his best to sort of be honest, but at the same time assure him that, you know, everything's going to be cool. You know, and ironically at the end where his dad sort of gives in to the doctor's, thirst for adventure and doesn't want them to just you know retire into normal life he's like you know go with him you know Mm -hmm. live you know make the most of it and unfortunately when they next go out on their adventure that's when they disappear forever isn't it and so the yeah the angels take manhattan that's where amy and rory you know they get the the weeping angels they they go don't they yeah i was gonna say it's funny because i haven't watched that two-parter for a long time i remember thinking it wasn't a very nice exit for them Hmm. i thought i think they deserved a much better exit but i might change my mind when we come to review it so long since i've seen it but i did keep thinking that all the way through this actually every time brian's saying you know we'll look after them won't you and he's like i the doctor actually promises doesn't he he's like i promise you not these two it's not going to happen to them and you sort of think oh no it actually is Mm -hmm. you know um but it was a poor exit from what i remember uh in the following story and i do i love that scene though i love the scene between the doctor and brian where brian's just he's just giving him a bit of a sort of (laughs) gentle dad talk isn't he yeah yeah. sort of saying you know you better look after these guys and uh you know getting to know the doctor but it was a lovely scene I also love the scene between the doctor and Amy where they're just sat talking supposedly it's from in front of um, the tower of London, but it's not very good CGI, <laughs> which is a shame because it's a lovely scene and there's some great lines in that. Like the doctor says, you know, you were the first face this face saw, which is a lovely line. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And he says something about, um, I'm not running away from things. I'm running towards them. And I thought, oh, that's so Matt Smith's Doctor, that is. Mm -hmm. He's so, you know, danger excites him and he's excited by everything, isn't he, his Doctor? Which I really liked that line. So I I thought it was a lovely scene 
between two of them. That's why I quite like Amy as well, because she's not my favorite companion by a long chalk. I don't always like Amy. I find her a bit selfish and in her character and stuff. I don't dislike her. I mean, she's not as bad as Clara, but, but there are not, you know, there are some <laughs> stories where she really annoys me and there are other stories where I think she's okay. I liked her in this one because she was much more relaxed and seemed to be sort of settling into her everyday life for Rory and much more, like you said, I much more prefer the dynamic between her and the doctor, you know, as we get towards the end. Cause like I said, that was just a nice quiet scene between the two of them. There was none of the, Oh, but I'm in love with you really stuff that, you know, yeah, got in the yeah. way. So, you know, I quite liked Amy in this, although she doesn't get an awful lot to do, but she, she does get some nice moments like that. I thought, uh, yeah, I think she's, she she does have these episodes every now and then where you, you, you do warm to her and you do think she's a very cool companion and she's and, and she's great because a lot of she does get compared with Rose a lot. I mean, I just did it like you know, yeah. a few minutes ago, but she does get compared because of that love interest almost and that attraction. Yeah, that annoyed me. Yeah. So, but when you have episodes like this, though, it does sort of remind you like, you know, this is how it should be. With, with Doctor Who, I don't, you know, I don't want to tar everything with the same brush, but, you know, this is kind of how it should be. It should be the Doctor and then he should have his companions and that's it, you know. Yeah. Whereas, you know, modern Who does drift into that relationshipy kind of feeling with the Doctor sometimes, isn't it? Mm. And like you said, it can get a bit annoying because you think, oh, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see the love story between the Doctor and the companions. It's, can you imagine Davison and Tegan? Can you imagine if she was all over him? Oh, no. You know, it'd just be weird. No, I don't want to think of that. You know what I mean? It'd be weird. And and that's the sort of vibe you get when you have those episodes where Amy's all lurching over the Doctor. Well, what is that story? I remember, what is that story where she pounces on him and tries to snog him at the end? It's early on, isn't it? It's It's awful. I I I can't remember what story it is, but I remember thinking it was an all right story. And then you get that at the end of it, where she's trying to sort of, yeah. oh, it's horrible. I can't even think, I'm really cringing, <laughs> even thinking about it. Yeah. You know? But uh, no, she's all right in this one. Stories like this though, yeah, she's all right. And, and Rory's okay as well. He's, yeah, he's okay. Well, I, I quite like the character of Rory, because mm. he kind of plays the underdog quite well. And I I think Arthur Darvel's quite good with the subtle humour that he's given, really you know good. what I mean? yeah. Yeah, I just I quite like his performance as Rory, even when he's not really given a lot to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't really have any problems with Rory. I've got to say, I remember the first time I watched this that you saying about the build up. I do remember feeling really I think I almost sort of gasped when you know, when the cube opens in front of the doctor and you think we're finally <laughs> something's going to happen. Yep. And then the doctor's like, oh, there's nothing in there. I remember thinking on a first watch. You kidding me? What's going on? It is such a it is such a letdown moment, and it never. I don't think it really picks up from there, to be honest. Um, even when we get to see the old, what's he called? The Shakarie. Shakarie. Yeah. yeah. Um, who looks pretty good. Hmm. By the way, does he remind you of someone? Because he reminds me of someone. I'm just wondering if it. Uh, yes. It's the same. But who's he remind you of? Oh, you've put me on the spot now. Um, oh, okay. and I didn't write it down in my notes. He reminds me of Mark Gattis. Oh, okay. No, that's not what I was Behind thinking. the makeup. Initially, when I saw it, when I first watched it, I thought, that's Mark Gattis with makeup on. Yeah. Uh, who does it remind <laughs> you of then? 
No, it, well, I thought it was the Emperor from Star Wars, and then watching it again today, I was like, oh, no, it's not the Emperor. It's not the Emperor he reminds me of. He reminds me of Darth Vader when he takes his mask off. Oh, yes. At when... the end of um, Return of the Jedi. Yes, he You know, does. when he's got the face. It just reminds me of that, but um, I didn't realise it's um, Stephen Burkhoff yeah. under all that yeah. get-up. I did not know that. He's, he's a fairly well-known actor, isn't he? I he mean, is. he's yeah. he's done quite a lot of this, and it's really surprising that he comes in and does that. What does he have about four lines? Mm, yeah, pretty much. No, he doesn't really get a lot to do, and he's as I said, he's quite a well-known actor. Oh but, yeah. But um, yeah. I had literally no idea it was him under all that makeup until uh, I just read it in front of me on Wikipedia. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> no way! I even clicked on the name because I couldn't believe it was the same person. But mm. uh, yeah, it's quite a big. Well, I say biggish name to have in Doctor Who, and just totally lost really yeah. he does look great though doesn't he i mean the makeup and that i think he does look really cool yeah he does look great and he does he does Quite have that menacing. yeah that kind of uh i know what you mean though that the sebastian shaw who played uh darth vader um at the end of return of the jedi you're right they do look really really similar not it's not just the makeup but their eyes as well and and stuff, yeah, they do look really. Just the look of him. Hmm. I've just got to, I've just got to detour very slightly for a second because it's going to bug me. Didn't Lucas change the person underneath the mask when he redid the? Yes. You know when he did all the special editions because yeah. wasn't the original actor replaced by somebody else? Yeah. So at the end of Return of the Jedi, when they see the Force ghosts at the end, initially it was Shaw who was there yeah. with. Um, Alec Guinness and Yoda, but then he changed it to Hayden Christian, who played oh, Anakin. Right. Yeah, but does he change it when the mask comes off? Oh no, no, I, no. that's always been the same guy. Same okay? guy. Yeah, yeah, that's who he reminds me. But equally, yeah, that would have been equally as annoying. Yes, yeah. uh, but no, it's that guy. That's what I meant earlier when I thought that that's a really cool concept, and they should have had him in it a bit more because oh, definitely, yeah, he, you know, because like you say, he's Don't a big, act, yeah, big name, and he, he comes across. He's got this very calm, collective, threatening vibe about him, mm -hmm. and I'd have thought that I would have introduced him a little bit earlier because that would have added to the build-up and the more threat and stuff. But yeah, it's it. That's why I, I can't get my head around the ending at all. Because no. you have this cool character who pops up, the Shakri, and you think, oh, wow, this is going to be a good tear-up. He says a few lines, and then he's, because he's a hologram overall, he's, he's not actually there, is he? He's just a hologram. No, he's not there. And then the Doctor does his, you know, does his business with a Sonic, and then it's all over. So, yeah, they could have really exploited that character a, a bit more. It's a terrible wrap-up, isn't it? Because yeah. basically they they blow the ship up. They just literally get through the whatever it is, loophole, wormhole, yeah. you know, in the split second that it blows up. And yeah, it's, it's a terrible ending. You know, it's, it's, it's again, it is a reset button, isn't it? it is. They just, the doctor yeah. just says, Oh, I'll reverse it. And everyone will be fine. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't understand that. Cause, um, isn't it supposed to be that everyone's had like a heart attack or something? I can't remember what they do, but yeah. it's, how can you reverse a heart attack? I don't, I, I don't know. And it, it doesn't that I agree with you. It, none of that works for me at all in terms of a resolution. Yeah. And, and Matt Smith's normally pretty good with um, that kind of big sort of dramatic end. You know, he's normally, yeah. you know, but yeah, I mean, he's not bad in that bit, but it just felt like he was given this really cool script and probably he read it at the end and thought, Oh, I'm just going to use my Sonic and mm. hit the reset and back to normal. So, 
Yeah, I mean, going back also to what you said about Rory and his kind of discreet humour, I think that him and Matt Smith are so good together with their yeah. little, um, not digs at each other, but their kind of little, you know, the way that they are with each other. Mm. Um, because you get the feeling that Rory is often looked at as the third wheel, if you like, you know, the yeah the gooseberry, mm. ironically, <laughs> between mm. the Doctor and Amy. But I think their timing is so good, like the way that they just had those little remarks to, towards each other and yeah. Oh, I, I agree. I, I, I think they're great together. Hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. You can tell that the three of them clearly got on yes. offset. Yeah. That, that they, they just naturally bounce off each other. Um, yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? There is one thing I don't understand, and I only watched this this morning, so I'm just wondering if you can explain <laughs> it. Well, so why? What does the cube do to? Why do only some people have the heart attack? So, so for example, why did one of the doctor's heart, heart stop, and why are Amy and Rory fine? Like, what does the cube, how has the cube selected who's having a heart attack? Because I didn't get that at all. I was thinking, so half the nation's collapsing with a heart attack. Why um, them? Like, what's what's the cube done to them and, and the doctor that it hasn't done to Amy and Rory and the other half of the population? That's one bit I didn't understand. Um, I don't know. Okay, well, I'm glad it's not just me then, because I, as I said, I watched it this morning, and you know, it, because obviously I didn't get back till late last night, so I was sort of watching it, but trying to do other stuff as well. But yeah, I just wondered if I'd missed something because I, I just didn't get that. I, I was like, so, I like the idea of the cubes coming down, taking the time, getting the information, blah blah blah, and then they suddenly start shooting at the doctor. They pinprick Amy. Mm-hmm. What do they do to Rory? Just sort of tease him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But, but 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 nothing happens to Amy Rory, and I just couldn't quite work out what was why not. You know, yeah, I think the doctor's yeah. having a heart attack, isn't he? Yeah, I think the way it works is that it's just a clever play on numbers because it the mm-hmm. because the story is a power of three. I think it's like a subtle thing. What's happened is the cubes have targeted because um, uh, Kate Stewart says, you know, it's targeted a third of the population. So I think all it's done is like every one person in three, it targets them. So it plays on the three. It's like a purge. Yeah. Sort of thing. yeah. Right, right. Okay, I that makes that's sense. What it is. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. it doesn't just randomly target people. Well, it does, but it doesn't do it for any other reason that it's a third, apparently. No, uh, no, that, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. I kind of get that. Yeah. And Matt Smith plays that bit really well with when one yeah. of his hearts is going. You know, he is really funny because on one hand you think, well, he clearly doesn't die. We know that. However, you know, he, he must be in trouble because it's one of his hearts has failed and he's struggling a little bit. But it's really funny at the same time, the way he's acting it. Mm. Um, so I really liked, for the most part, I loved Matt Smith in this one. Yeah, I did as well. I liked him in it a lot. Yeah, yeah I think he suits having that RTD-esque um, zaniness now and then. You know, mm. the bit where he's playing keepy uppy in the garden and painting a fence. Yeah. And, and all that stuff, you know, you got that funny music as well. He he plays up to that really well, you know. And he sort of leaps over the sofa. He's got so much energy, hasn't he? He's like bounding around everywhere, and he's jumping around. And he is full of energy, that man. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it is it is one of those stories where I think he's both good at the drama and the and the comedy. Yes. I mean, a lot of his stories he is. There's very few where I don't think he quite hits the mark. <clears throat> Nightmare and Silver, but um, but this one, yeah, he's <laughs> he's still on top form. I think he is. Um, yeah. He's so good with humour as well. I love the bit. He says something about the, he invented the um, he invented pudding. the Yorkshire pudding. Yeah, oh, I've forgotten about that. So little lines like that just suit his doctor down to the ground because oh, you're yeah. never quite sure yeah. if he's serious. 
even Raw is like, did you, did yeah. you really? Or is he joking? <laughs> you know, and that's what I love about Matt Swift, Doctor. You're, you're never sure if yeah. he's serious or yeah. not. So no, I agree. Those little, just those little tiny bits that he brings to it make all the difference sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and he's quite. Um, uh, he's on the same sort of wavelength as as Brian. Rory's dad in this, which I love. Those two seem to get yeah. on really well because um, one thing that I did love about Brian in this episode was that he follows the doctor's orders to the letter. So the doctor yeah. said to him, keep an eye on the cubes or watch yeah. the cubes or something. And then four days later, he's got his camcorder set up and he's like, well, well I'm sleeping, <laughs> I'll record them. And then I wake up and I rewind it, see if I've missed anything. And Rory's stunned by it. He's like, he's, he's, because Rory's thinking the doctor didn't literally mean sit down and watch the yeah. cubes like every minute of every day, but he's just taken it like as his mission, hasn't he? He's like his, you know, it's like research mission and he's not going to deviate from it. And I love the calmness of him. Is yeah, it like the yeah. bit where the doctor walks and he's just sat in the TARDIS? He's like, oh, I just, just alone with my thoughts. I didn't realize time had gone so quick. And you just thought, <laughs> that's so Brian, just that, just in that one scene. And I love that. And there is a bit where, they kind of pack the doctor off, don't they? They say, go on, just go and do what you want to do. You don't, uh-huh. we'll look after you. Go and have some fun, get out of your system, come back and it'll all be fine. Nothing will have changed. And at that point, I really wanted Brian to go with the doctor. Like, even if we uh-huh. didn't see those adventures, I wanted him to say, come on, Brian, me and you'll go and let's leave them to it. We'll, we'll go. We'll be back before breakfast. Let's go and have some fun. You know, I really wanted Brian and the doctor to go with him. Cause I think I can imagine Matt Smith's doctor with Brian uh-huh. traveling around and getting into a few scrapes and looking at the stars and then coming back. And I just thought mm-hmm. oh, it would have been brilliant. As I said, we didn't even need to see it. We could have just seen them go off in the TARDIS and, and come back. It would have been great. But no, he follows the ponds out, doesn't he? And I'm like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. But no, he's great, though. Mark Williams, he does play that role awesome. very yeah. well. He's kind of got that maturity about him now. Now he's reached that sort of age. And mm. all of the actors were, you know, a bit younger than he is. He's, he has got that father figure nailed for it. You know, he's got that yeah. sense of wisdom and calm that you only sort of get with life experience, really. So when everything's kicking off, he's very calm, like you say, isn't he? And I it, think he's great in it. I absolutely yeah. loved his character. I think that brought the episode up a lot, actually, because yes. I'd yep. sort of forgot, not forgotten about him, but I'd forgotten about all the nice scenes of him. And I thought, yeah, this is a much, you know, better than I remember in that sense. Yeah. Mm. Brian knows his onions. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you reckon to the little cameos then? We had uh, Lord Sugar, Brian Cox. Lord, not bad, actually, because sometimes cameos can be a bit <laughs> cringy and take you out of the episode. But I thought, um, uh, particularly Brian Cox, I thought seems bang on the nail. I mean, that did seem, you know, sometimes when it's weird that they feel like they're acting and you think, yeah. oh dearie me, you know, yes, but I actually yeah. thought both of them seemed like they were actually from the TV show. I thought they were both quite good actually, even though they're very short scenes. Yeah. I didn't mind them actually. I really like the Brian Cox one because yeah, it was just bang on the money. You know, it's exactly, you can imagine, like you say, although they're kind of acting because they've been given that script, if you like, it's still a written show. I, I can just imagine that that would be right up his street. You know, he'd absolutely be commenting on, you know, the theory yeah, and his theories and all that stuff. But I love how we finish it off with, you'll have to ask a better man than me. And it's clearly aimed at the doctor, isn't it? It's clearly. Mm. Yeah. So the Lord Sugar one wasn't too bad either. Not, yeah, I didn't mind that one. Yeah, that was all right. Uh, But I agree with you. The Brian Cox one just fits in brilliantly. 
Um, but the, yeah, the Lord Sugar one made me laugh. That was quite fun as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Uh, and what did you think? To um, there was kind of a, um, I wouldn't say underused, but there was a kind of a strange writing choice in this where the you know we had those two guys that were sent down from the ship and they were at the hospital and their faces oh the funny faces strange sort of shape and stuff they were obviously just you know sort of minions you know of the shakri who have been sent down to you know do certain tasks but we had this little girl who was like this little androidy that didn't work for me i was gonna say did you find that a little bit lackluster very much why that was even in there in the first place yeah didn't didn't work at all that for me i I couldn't yeah i just couldn't get my head around why they chosen to to do that because she's meant to be um what is it she's meant to be sort of controlling the other two yeah because like matt swift sort of switches her off or something it's weird that bit i i didn't get that at all i mean the minion bit with the weird faces and that yeah that, that adds a bit of horror element to it so that's okay yeah but she does nothing except look blank and then get switched off and like you said it doesn't help the plot at all really no i didn't get that yeah and i couldn't figure out if she was controlling the cubes as well i don't know if she yeah. was yeah i'm not sure but yeah what do you reckon to um the kate stewart and the unit stuff in here then yeah, I thought it was all right. I've forgotten it's her first story, actually. So when she boulders in and then there's a sort of reveal halfway through that she's Kate Stewart, as in, you know, Lethbridge Stewart. Um, so, I'd, yeah, I'd forgotten it was the first sort of story to introduce her. Um, and she's quite good in it. You can tell she hasn't quite hit. She hasn't quite found her stride as Kate Stewart. Right. I don't know if you felt like this. Like You could tell it was her first story in terms of Doctor Who, because I think she's much more confident and direct later on. Um, when we get to meet her again, Definitely. where she seemed yep. a little bit unsure of the character for me. So still, yeah, I still thought she was good, but, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? She didn't have that. She's a bit more bossy later on, isn't she? A bit more in command. And in this, she seemed a little bit like, um, we're not sure what we're doing. Oh, I'm not too sure. She yeah. didn't quite see yeah. the Kate Stewart that we see later where he's going around with guns, shooting everybody, you know, not quite that strong character that she, she later becomes, but yeah, I thought she was quite decent in it i know what you mean though if we think about kate stewart in the zygon invasion yeah slash exactly. inversion she's really strong in those and yeah worlds apart from what she is now but she i thought she was she was pretty good though i did like her um especially the scenes where the doctor's talking about the brig himself and it's quite touching it's quite that's nice it's quite yeah. nice yeah but i didn't I think like she was too she, bad yeah no she's all right i like the fact that she said she didn't didn't want handouts or something don't she because he's like why didn't you why you drop the left bridge yeah, he's like well i yeah. just wanted to do it on my own merit and stuff like that which is yeah, interesting but yeah she's all right she's still good still good isn't it? yeah good bit of chemistry of matt smith i thought yes little kiss at the end little peck on yeah. the old cheek oh yeah yeah that's what i love about matt's doctor <laughs> so he can he goes from being like these that's why it reminds me of trouton really he can go from something really serious to really charming and endearing mm-hmm. like in a in a switch like yeah. that scene yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you reckon visually then because i thought it looked well most of series seven looks very nice yeah so we're getting into that sort of stage where um all the kind of cinematic feel to all the episodes was pretty much on point they all looked really nice and the effects were i thought the effects of the cubes were quite nice because sometimes it's very difficult to to match seamlessly something that's a physical effect. 
versus mm. a because the actual cubes themselves they were obviously manufactured and made so the actors can pick them up and throw them around and stuff but sometimes when you have a, the the visual effect that tries to match you know so i thought they did a fairly decent job of matching they look pretty, quite seamless you know when you see them floating up and yeah you know moving around i thought that looked pretty good um and i'm pretty sure you could buy those cubes from somewhere was it rubber toe rubber toe were they doing yeah, them rubber for a while? Toe did them yeah, I think you can still get them actually. Yeah, definitely Rubberto did them. Yeah. Yeah. Not the most exciting um prop <laughs> no. uh, replica to own, but <laughs> if if they lit up or something, they would have been, wouldn't they? Oh, that would have been awesome. But they are just a black cube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I thought they did a pretty good job visually. It all looked um quite nice. Most of Series Seven looks nice. Series seven obviously had a fairly decent budget, didn't mm. it? It does look um I thought the episode looked quite nice actually. The the spaceship and the CGI still stood up pretty well because yeah. what is it, five years old now? So um yeah, mm. I thought it's it still stood up really good. The if I was to be nitpicky, the only bit that perhaps looked a little bit ropey was when they're um going through the lift wall into the spaceship. I mean oh, it just right, looks a bit right. naff, but mm. but to be honest, <laughs> such a short scene. Um but no, I thought overall it looked really good. I thought direction was nice in it as well. I thought it was very well directed yes. by uh, yep. Douglas McKinnon. 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 Uh yeah, I thought he did a very nice job <laughs> directing it. Um I thought Murray's music was quite on point, apart from I didn't really like the bit you know the bit you said about where the doctor's painting the fence and jump you know playing with the football i didn't like murray's music then it was a, i think it was going for sort of um happy comedy yes but it yeah. sounded a little tacky to me if yeah. i have to be honest with you it probably yeah. sounded okay at the time but it sounded a bit dated i thought yeah well that's one of the things that i thought you know at the beginning when i said that it tries hard at mm. times to kind of emulate the rtd feel yeah, and I'm pretty sure that was unintentional, but it, it it felt like it was trying to provide a bit of zany, um, you know, because as a, you know, in right back almost in episode one, you know, with Rose where Mick is at the table and he's I like, know. "Yes, babe, yes, babe," what, what, you know, all that stuff, you know, mm. all that very fast cutting and it, it and that kind of quirky music that Murray Gold brought back then. Especially yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, can you hear yeah. it? Yeah, the, 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 the sort of um, sort of almost electronic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought exactly the same thing. Yeah, it felt like they were trying to recapture a bit of that, you know, and they mm. were trying to do that feel. But like you say, the music felt a little bit. I can see what they were trying to do, but it just felt a little bit out of place. It was very loud for a start. It wasn't mm. the same volume as the rest of the music, and yeah, it was. Yeah, not sure uh, on the. Yeah, I was going to say, on the other hand, I mean, I like the stuff when the cubes, he sort of does a bit of um, quite simplistic music. That's mm. a lot better. But yeah, I thought, I don't know, just did that bit stood out to me a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I read you. What did you think about it being set 10 years since Ledworth? Is it Ledworth? Can't remember. The no. 11th Hour Place. Yeah. I thought that was a bit odd because at first it's like 10 years. Well, Amy and Rory look the same. They don't look 10 years older. So That's true. Um, but, but then I was sort of thinking, well, I suppose a lot's happened <laughs> in terms of from 11th Hour to where they were now. So I suppose that could be 10 years ago. I don't know. Have we seen 10 years worth of Amy and Rory in that space? I'm just not sure. So what was what was that then? Was that the the old people? With the eyes coming out of their mouth. Yeah. So I think, I'm pretty sure he says it. Doesn't he say all oh, that? She says it's been 10 years since. Oh, Amy's Choice, that episode. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought, I wow. don't think so. 
doesn't feel no, like it. It doesn't feel they, and they don't look any different, do they? No. They don't look like they've aged ten years. So I wasn't sure about that. I almost felt like they should have cut that line and just been a bit more vague about the you know, she could have said, Oh, it's been years since Ledworth, but to put ten years is very specific and I don't know, I just wasn't sure about that as a, in terms of the writing. No, I read you, mate. I wouldn't say it's ten years. Doesn't feel like it though. No. no. Yeah. So I've got nothing else to say on this one, really, mate. It's, um, no, no, I've done my list as well. Yeah, it's quite a simplistic story, I'd say. It, mm. There's nothing too crazy going on. But yeah, I've got, I'm out. Got yeah, they're the same. I've done, both, I've done both sides of my list. And uh, yeah, I think we've pretty much covered it. Right, scores then. Okay. All that's left is scores. I think it's me to go first. It is. Okie dokie. I'm going to give this, I think... A six out of ten. A six? All right. Fair enough. Um, I'm a bit higher than you. I'm going 7.5 because I really like the concept. Um, okay. It probably should be. So, yeah, 7.5. It's just such a shame about the ending, isn't it? It could have easily been an eight, a strong eight, uh, even maybe higher. But, yeah, conclusion is um, very unsatisfying on this one. But I did, over, I did really enjoy it overall. So 7.5 for me. 7.5. It's not a bad score. I think that continues the trend and leaves our score as an average for the year so far of sevens. Sevens, okay. Seven. That's exactly seven. what I'm saying, seven. <laughs> what did our lovely listeners think of this one? Yes. Let's kick off with an audio clip, an audio review. This is from Dan Ander. This is Sammy Satine. G'day, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So, The Power of Three, written by our new showrunner, Chris Chipnell. I like this one. Brian is the best. I love him. Kate Stewart is great in her first appearance. I love Kate, both on TV and in Big Finish. She's awesome. This is fun. Some people don't like the ending. I do see their point sometimes, but on this watch, I was just fine with it. Not sure why. 8 out of 10. See ya. (laughs) 8 out of 10. Nice. Short and sweet from Sammy. Yeah. Thank you very much. Cheers, Sammy. Uh, Over on Twitter, we did the poll. We asked you about the power of three. Likey or stinky? 72% of you said likey. That left 28% of you with stinky. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, A couple of people did say the only good, this is the Theta podcast, Theta Sigma podcast. The only good thing about this one was Kate Stewart. And even she was still finding her character. One out of five. Really? Yeah, Rob Kelly Theta. initially. Yeah, initially I thought it was an intriguing idea, but it didn't go anywhere. Five out of ten, average at best. Okay. Oh dear. Uh, Richard Reday says, loved it, but wished it had been the first part of a longer story. Uh, Gallifrey and Hoovian says, I quite enjoy this one. Nice foreshadowing of the Pond's departure. Uh, Kate Stewart was great. It's just awful Sonic saves the day ending. Yeah. Gives it a I seven. Know. Yeah. Uh, who else do we have on Twitter? Anyone else? Nope, that was it. Uh, over on Facebook, let's actually do another audio review. This is Lewis Palmer. Hello, Big Blue Box Podcast. So, The Power of Three. I've always liked this one, actually. I don't think it's it's not necessarily a great story by any means. It's fun and cool. And the Doctor plays Wii in it. So that's something. And something cool, for that matter. Um... Yeah, like, not much to say here, really. I think the only complaint is the same complaint that everyone has, and it's that the ending is literally just Sonic and Go. 
and that's it. It's just a big Sonic X Machina, and uh, it's really disappointing, actually. But there's some nice comedic moments. I really like the scene with uh, the Doctor and Amy just talking, sat on the riverbank. Nice foreshadowing for Angels Take Manhattan. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I've always quite liked it. It's, it's nice and fun and uh, quite fluffy to just put on when you're uh, when you're bored and want some Matt Smith Who to watch. So, uh, yeah, see you next time, guys. Cheers, Lewis. Thank you, Lewis. Yeah, not a bad way to say it if you're bored. <laughs> you want to put some here on a space uh, it's easy easy to watch yeah. it is yeah let's do another audio review this is George Buddy hello Garen Adam. Um so the power of free um, now uh, this is from the era that I really enjoyed uh, Doctor because I was a, a fan uh, from the girl who waited which is the back in the series 6 I think I enjoyed the back in the series 6 despite how much criticism it gets now and I enjoyed series 7 part 1 it was only really until series 7 part 2 and especially series 8 that I really started to get critical of the uh, show um, I must say that uh, the pink title sequence really now I love the this usual 11th Doctor's first title sequence it's probably one of my favourites if not my favourite just because it's from my era from who it's my first title sequence I love the music in it as well but seriously what did they do I hate what they did with the title sequences in series 7 anyway but seriously pink and purple I hope they don't do this for the female Doctors uh, no sorry for Jodie Whittaker's uh, title sequence I really hope they don't do that it does feel this episode like a throwback to the RTD era with like the Earthbound. Who are the grill mouth guys? I'm not really sure. This episode leaves a lot to be desired, to be honest. I'm not really sure who the Chakri are. It's a bit of a, a rushed ending. And we're doing the whole Doctor Life real life thing again, which um, I'm not really uh that happy about. Everybody lives again, not a fan of um, Matt Smith's my personal favourite Doctor, but he's a bit iffy in this one. Some interesting concepts, but the lack of humour and the rush ending makes it a bore to watch. It's worrying that our future show when I wrote this, I'm going to give this episode a 5 out of 10. See you guys next week. Ooh, mixed thoughts at a bore to watch. Okay. Ooh. Not happy that our future showrunner's written this one. I do worry about... Oh, see, episodes... Uh, well, this one I quite like, but other episodes Chibbers has written does make me worried. But anyway. Anyways. Uh, let's go over to the Facebook page. Dean Jones says there's a lot to like. As expected, Matt Smith is great, balancing comedy and touching drama perfectly. Um, Mark Williams is an excellent addition as Brian. Uh, great pacing, engaging direction, and the plot is quite engaging for the most part. However, there's quite a few issues. Uh, Gemma Redgrave is terrific as Kate Stewart. Unit don't get utilised that well. Uh, it's a That's bit of true. an odd editing, in particular the dialogue between Amy and the Doctor arriving on the spaceship before even arriving. Oh, I'll have to, I didn't notice that. No. I'll have another look, yeah. Uh, the third act is also incredibly rushed. Uh, the creepy Doctors and little girl are pointless. The Shackery plot is engaging, but since they were already going to wipe out humanity, it doesn't quite make sense and ruins the solid build-up beforehand. Mm. Uh, he says, a decent watch though, 7 out of 10. Yeah, so some very good points there, Dean. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Ball says a story with so much potential. Matt was fantastic, but the pacing was a tad slow, although that was the aim. It had a great suspense and great scenes with Matt, um, uh, although the ending was rushed, uh, and it was an example of the Sonic used way too often. Yeah. Uh, six out of ten. George Coppen. The idea was good, but the execution wasn't so. I think this may have worked better as a two-parter, as they could have explained more about the Shakri and the Tally. 
the Tarly. Uh, mm. Brian was by far the best part of the episode. Uh, dinosaurs on a spaceship was better. Gives it a 6.5. Mm, I prefer this one. Uh, Finn Morris Young was an all right episode with a lovely score. Matt on form as always and some all-round good supporting cast. Overall not bad, 7 out of 10. Jason Thayer. I like the introduction of Kate Stewart. She had a presence to her that seemed like a good tribute to the brig. Uh, in fact, the story seemed like an update of Pertwee's style of story. Uh, gives it a 7. Okay. Lastly, on Facebook, Jake Bottomley says, watched this episode on Netflix the other day. Quite enjoyed it, but was a bit disappointed that the episode was resolved by the use of the Sonic. Another yeah. seven. Seven. And let's do our last audio review. This is Jake Burtwistle. Hi, Gary and Adam, and the rest of the listeners of this week's Big Blue Rocks podcast. So, The Power of Three, written by our future head writer, Chris Chibnall. I like this episode. It was okay. You know, I, I really liked Brian. I thought it was one of the best parts about the episode. It's just, he's hilarious. I, I really like Kate Stewart as well. Amy and Rory were okay. The Doctor was okay, I guess. Um, one of the things that I didn't really like about this episode for me is that this episode didn't really feel global enough. Like, these cubes appeared all over the world. And it didn't feel like the world was doing much. I was expecting some kind of meeting with the head of different countries in like one room discussing what they're going to do like in children of earth but that never happened um the ending was complete rubbish the shakri was terrible it's another sonic saves the day ending which i cannot stand i forgot how overused sonic screwdriver was in the matt smith era i, I just didn't like the ending at all i'm gonna give this episode a seven out of ten bye Oh. Very good point about it not being global. Um, again, something I didn't pick up on, but now he said it. <laughs> um, that is a really good point because it didn't. You could have had some scenes with, I don't know, even if it was just, you know, like when they have like the Taj Mahal with a few cubes scattered around it, you know, like they sometimes do that in like with the Cybermen. Yeah. You know I mean, they, they yeah. could have made it feel more global. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah. Mm. So that's it for the official stuff. Did you have anything over your end? <laughs> no, because <laughs> no. I forgot that we were recording earlier this week, so I didn't put anything on Geek's Handbag. I actually scheduled it for tonight and then realised that we were recording today. <laughs> so it's so unbelievable. Well, that's no yeah, that's what Just because we have a TARDIS doesn't mean you can take for granted. Just going backwards and yeah. forwards, timey wimey. Yeah. yeah, so no, I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. So I think the overall score, I think we're looking at a seven, to seven, be fair. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think he went for seven, but Brian brought it up for me. Brian brought that 0.5. Yeah. Well, I was going to give it a five initially. Really? Yeah. Oh, I was going to give it a harsh. five, but I think, yeah, but again, Brian for me, he brought a score. He brought it up a, a point for me. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, next week. Hmm. It's classic who we know you love the old classic who guys. Third doctor. What are we doing next week? Yes, it's the Doctor's story next week. The Time Warrior. Uh-uh. Sontaran. Uh-uh. Hmm. The Time Warrior. Yeah. I must admit, this will when we when I come to watch this for our review, it'll be the only the second time I've seen it. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, so I actually quite enjoy um I'm gonna enjoy watching this one because uh because we space out our reviews so much, uh it does feel again like quite a long time since we did a third doctor one. i think it was a couple of months ago at least 
I was going to say, I'm really looking forward to seeing a bit of Pertwee because yeah. I, I always look forward to watching Pertwee. Uh, Death to the Daleks, I think, may have been the last one we did uh, uh, back probably. in August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we good. So I think in this one, haven't we got Sarah Jane and the Brig and lots of middle age, middle ages? I stuff remember going a on. castle. And yep. I remember a very bright green jacket. Yes, a bright red uh, uniform as well. Um, Is it? Yeah, four passes. Yeah. Not bad. But no, looking forward to doing uh, watching some Pertwee. Yeah, me too, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Old Ruffles, as some of our listeners <laughs> call him. Ruff- is uh, it Sarah Jane's first story? Or is it her first trip in the time? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, so, yes, like you, I'm looking forward to revisiting this one. I think it might be, you know. Hmm. Yeah. So, next week, the Time Warrior. Get your DVDs out. Your classic DVDs, because we'll be asking, as usual, for your thoughts on that. And I think we're going to do there for 161. Yes, indeedy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us. And listening through episode 161. It's been great to have you on board, as always. Thank you very much for your reviews and your audio clips and all that jazz. Love reading those out and listening to those. It makes a difference. It does. I I love the audio reviews. I love um, hearing our listeners' voices. It's good, because otherwise you'll be bored with just (laughs) Adam and I's droning Scores. on yeah oh, I'll give yeah. that a seven I think <laughs> yeah that one's a five <laughs> so it's all good so thank you very much so next week classic week get your DVDs out fire up whatever streaming services in your country that you watch classic who on and get your audio clips so if you want to send an audio clip just bung it over on email hello at bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk and we'll play it out on the show if you could keep your reviews to roughly a minute max that's really helpful anyways head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of our previous shows on there plus you can link off to all of the social media stuff and give us a like and a follow because we talk and rant and argue and all that stuff (laughs) uh, in between recordings uh, also remember to check us out on iTunes and all of the other podcast networks. And if you are an iTunes subscriber and you like the show, if you could spare just 30 seconds for a quick review and a rating, that would be awesome because that really helps us lots. Pushes us up the ladder, doesn't it? Indeedy. Yeah. Remember to check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Yeah. <laughs> Coming Must at get you my... somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Geeks handbag. <laughs> Be coming at you from Valencia soon. Oh, cool. Location shots. That'll take me forever to edit. Probably next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The New Year special when I yeah. went to Valencia months ago. <laughs> I've still got a video filmed in the Harry Potter world that I filmed about four years ago. Oh, I never, <laughs> I was thinking, no, I'm never, I've, I've canned it. It's in the vault. It's in the handbag vault. What Adam's doing is editing. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, and Lottie. Lottie.